All right, so that might be weird to say, come Holy Spirit, you know, because we, we uh, <laughs> of course we know objectively, like the Holy Spirit's everywhere, right? I mean, he's, he's everywhere all the time. So what, what are we saying come for, right? Because he's here. Um, there's also a song that we sing sometimes where we say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And I've, I've, I've heard that, I've heard objections to that, like, like, I mean, of course he's welcome. I mean, it's a church. Why do we? <laughs> Why do we have to say that? Well, we have to remind ourselves of these things. This is part of why we say that. It's part of why we say, come Holy Spirit. We have to remind ourselves that he's here. Uh, which is why we say welcome. We're reminding ourselves of that. Um, certainly we can be unwelcoming to the Holy Spirit in our hearts, right? We might resist what he's trying to say to us, what he's trying to do to us. And also as far as the, the come Holy Spirit piece goes, which you hear me say from time to time, um, I... I've come to think of it kind of like this, you know, I might be in the same room as my wife when we're having a conversation, but when I want to really hear from her or speak to her something important, I might say in kind of an intimate moment, come here, Amber, let me talk to you. We might be in the same moment, but, it, but, it, but it's a word of, of bringing close, right? Of, of, of bring, bring her closer. Um, uh, or wanting to be closer. And so I think that's what, what that kind of language is, is about. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I kind of have had, from my human perspective, a little bit of an on-again and off-again relationship with God, the Holy Spirit. Okay? Part of it is the language, like I was just talking about. It's, it's, it can be hard to kind of parse through what, what we mean by all these things we talk about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is enigmatic, right? I mean, we, nobody can pin down the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, he is uh, one of our uh, greatest reminders that we cannot put God in kind of a nice, tidy little box that, that meets all of our uh, preconceived notions about what God should be like, what he should do. When I was really young, though, I had this great sense of communion with God, the Holy Spirit, and I had this, this, uh, this uh, very palpable kind of feeling that, that God resided inside of me, and I kind of communed with him. This is when I was a, a younger child, uh, and that was wonderful. Um, things got a little more complicated as I got a little bit older and, and, and started, you know, kind of questioning what, what that was like. And actually, things took, took a pretty dark turn for me in uh, my college years. I had somebody tell me that because I wasn't speaking in tongues, and we'll get, we'll get to that a little bit later, because I wasn't speaking in tongues, that, that I was not really living in the fullness of what God had for me. And, uh, and of course, I wanted, you know, to be speaking in tongues, but, you know, it's, it's a little kind of a weird thing to just start doing, you know? So, you're, so I, I felt very far from God. I don't think I necessarily was far from God, but I felt far from God because I was kind of buying that idea that, oh, maybe I wasn't really close, with God, the Holy Spirit, because I wasn't exercising this specific gift. Um, and then I, I, I saw, um, again, kind of in my college days, in my graduate school days, I kind of saw some abuses um, in the name of the Holy Spirit, okay, it, it, in some circles that I was with. Um, some emotional manipulation uh, for what, what seemed to be for financial gain, and um, and so I, I was like, what am I what am I doing here with with uh, with this idea? It, it was very confusing and hard for me to kind of find my way through. Do you guys relate to that at all? Um, 
It's not always easy to, to navigate uh, some of this material. But I was so grateful when I came to, to DMAC 2010. Um, I was on the verge of saying, you know what, I don't know what to do with this Holy Spirit thing. And I came to DMAC, and, uh, and there was this vibrant uh, three streams idea that included this, this total openness to the Spirit, and yet also this total embrace of, of what the Bible says about, like starting with what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. And that was so awesome. Believe it or not, I've never <laughs> encountered that before, really. And so it was total, total news to me. And what I found was uh, just this time of, of real kind of health and renewal in my relationship with God, the Holy Spirit. As I entered into the way that we read the scriptures here, where we cover everything over the course of a year or two, we will cover, you know, all, all the main things that the Bible says about God, the Holy Spirit. And so I began to get like kind of a holistic uh, 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 teaching, right? And then in our prayers, in our liturgy, for instance, also we we be, we uh, we pick up things about the Holy Spirit. You know, we always talk about the Holy Spirit being one uh, part of the Triune God, right? We we pray to God the Father, you know, who lives and reigns with uh, with the Holy Spirit and the Son and all that, right? One God forever and ever. All that language. You know, like okay, I'm starting to understand who this guy is, right? He is a person. And he is, uh, we, we, in the creed, I mean, so, I can't tell you, it's, it's so simple, but here we have in the creed, which of course I didn't grow up saying, so uh, it, was, it was new to me when we started saying every Sunday, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. And all of a sudden, all this confusion about, what, what does the Holy Spirit do anyways? All of a sudden that is, that begins to, to emerge with clarity over time. So I began to get some, some health and renewal, as I was so grateful for. Um, but to be honest, to be honest, um, I still have questions, right? I, I, don't, I don't understand everything about God, the Holy Spirit, and I, and I, I don't think I, I ever will. Um, however, however, uh, the, the, the Bible does reveal to us some things about the Holy Spirit. And I've, and I've been alluding to some of those and touching on some of those. And, and I would just want to lead us through maybe four observations from today's texts. Four observations that I, I, are, are in today's text. And like, these are basically the same texts like every year, right? And so this is stuff that has, that has come out to me over time as I've, in our liturgy, in our context, as I've really investigated it. And I think that this might, if, if, you, if you're in that place right now that I have been in in the past, this might kind of help give you uh, a, a starting point to move out of, of that darkness and confusion. Because God doesn't want you to have darkness and confusion about himself. Okay? Um, and, and if you've been in that, in, in, that, in that place before and you're in a good spot now, maybe this will be an encouragement to you to and give you some tools uh, to help your brothers and sisters so first thing, four observations, okay? First thing, God the Holy Spirit says something. God the Holy Spirit says something. He's not silent. He says something to each of us and to all of us. Second, God the Holy Spirit does something to each of us and to all of us. Third, God the Holy Spirit is someone. He is someone. And not just, not, not, not just in kind of this existential sense. He is certainly a person. But he is someone to each of us into all of us. Uh, fourth, God the Holy Spirit gives something to each of us 
and to all of us. Okay, so let's start with that first idea. God, the Holy Spirit, says something to each of us and to all of us. And he says lots of things, okay? But, but does the Bible give us a clue as to kind of what that basic message is that the Holy Spirit gives to us? What does he say? Romans 8, Sarah read it for us today. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba, Father. That's a familial term. Uh, now we call, call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm. This is what, this is the spirit speaking to us to affirm that we are God's children. So if you hear one thing today, if you pick up on, on, on maybe one of these four things, let it, let it be this, that the Spirit tells us who we are. There's, we are so confused about that. But the Spirit tells us who we are. We all have doubts whether or not we are really loved by God, even those of us that are in the church. We all have doubts about that from time to time. Those of us that are outside of, of the church are also very confused about who we are. Why are we here? Especially when bad things happen to us. Uh, especially when we take that deep dive into our own soul and we are confronted with the selfishness and sin there. A lot of us just go to denial and say, no, I'm not really like that. That's my problem. But the Spirit is the one that keeps telling those of us that believe the gospel that yes, maybe you have sinned. Not maybe, you have. <laughs> you have sinned. <laughs> but you really are more than that. That's not who you are. You are a beloved child of God. That's who you are. You really have been adopted into a new family. And the proof of that is that we can come to God fully aware of our own need for Him. When we do become fully aware of our own selfishness, shortcomings, sins. That we can come to Him and not be afraid. We can come to Him and not be afraid. We come to Him believing in Him as our loving Father. And we do this together every Sunday, right? When we join hands as a family, like that's such a family thing to do, right? We hold hands here at our church, our local custom. And we pray, Our Father who are in heaven, the Lord's Prayer. When we pray that way in faith, when we are bold, would somebody say sometimes we are bold to pray, right? Don't we, don't we say that sometimes? We introduce it, we are bold to pray. It's because we are listening together to the quiet words of God, the Holy Spirit, to our spirits, telling us as we come to him in this space at this time, you are safe, you belong, you are loved, you are my child. That is what the Holy Spirit says. The Holy Spirit says to each one of us and to all of us, fundamentally, first, before anything else he says, he says a lot of things, you are my beloved child. But the Spirit isn't just all words, right? We often talk about the power of the Spirit. We're, we're big on that, right? We talk about we want to 
preach in the power of the Spirit. We want to serve in the power of the Spirit. So that we talk about, we even want to worship in the power of the Spirit. And what's that all about? There's a clue in this morning's psalm that we prayed together. Psalm 104, and uh, I'm just going to read you verse, verse 30. When do you send forth your Spirit? They are created, and you renew the face of the ground. So I think the fundamental thing that the Spirit does is the work of renewal. The work of renewal. God's program, that may, like, like his, his intentions f- for the world, what, what he's up to, is I believe the renewal of all things. All things in heaven and on earth. So where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's going to be renewal. There, there will be resurrection. And this begins even in our own souls. As, as the Holy Spirit takes up residence in our bodies, he begins that renewing work on the inside. The theological term for that is sanctification. He renews our attitudes, our actions, our affections to be what they were always meant to be, to be like Jesus. He refreshes us and energizes us to do the work we've been called to do. And it doesn't all happen at once. You know, God took seven days to create the world, and, you know, he's taken his sweet time to renew the, the rest of it, <laughs> right, after we messed it up. This doesn't all happen at once, but it happens. It happens. We look forward to even our bodies being totally renewed in the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus' body was when he was raised from the dead. It was, a recogni- it was recognizably Jesus when you pointed it out, right, and when you looked at the scars, that there was something new about him, right? I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to walking through walls. It's going to be fun. The Spirit does something to each of us and to all of us. He, he renews us, mind, body, and soul, so that we become more and more like Jesus. We also call this being born again. That's what that is about. Jesus says that we have to be born again of water and spirit. Okay, third observation on the spirit today is that he is someone. And and by that, I mean two things. First of all, he's truly a person, not just a power or force. I have to catch myself. I have a pet peeve that sometimes I fall prey to my own pet peeve where I refer to God, the Holy Spirit, as it. But he's not an it. He's a a he, right? He's a person. He, he He has a will, right? I mean, well, um, the Bible refers to him with personal pronouns. He and his. Um, he says things. He does things. He's a person. So, okay, so that's part of it. Second, he plays a specific role in our lives. So he's, he's, he's someone to us. So let's go to the gospel reading. Let's go to the gospel reading from John 14 today. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's Jesus speaking. I will ask the Father, and he will send another companion who will be with you forever. This companion is the Spirit of truth, whom the world can't receive because it neither sees him nor recognizes him. You know him because he lives with you and will be with you. So in the translation that I just read there, Jesus refers to God the Holy Spirit as the companion. God will send a companion. Other translations say this, I will ask the Father and he will send another helper. That's in the ESV. Advocate. 
It's in the New Living Translation. Eugene Peterson's paraphrase, the message says, friend. I'll send another friend. So, yes, God the Holy Spirit is a person, but he's, he's also a true companion, a true friend, a true helper, a true advocate to each one of us and to all of us. He's someone that's on your side and at your side in every situation. Sometimes we, f- we forget that, that God's not like up there kind of waiting for us to fail, right? Like, no, he's on your side. He's somebody that is bearing the burdens with you. He's, he's, he, actually, he's bearing the burdens for you if you'll let him. He's somebody that tells you the truth. Jesus says he's the spirit of truth. That's a real friend, right? That doesn't, that doesn't lie to you, that is, that is real with you. That's God the Holy Spirit. He's going to tell you the truth. He's going to tell you the truth about who you are. We already talked about that. He's going to tell you the truth about who God is. So God the Holy Spirit is someone to each of us and to all of us. He's, he's that very personal presence of God with us and in us. And I'll say this, for us. Last week, I tried to outline how much we need the good news of what God has done in Jesus. Like that was the thrust of that message. We need the gospel. Like we need to internalize and recognize that our mistakes and selfishness and inability to be what we were meant to be have actually all been dealt with by Jesus. And that his perfect life was the only one that could stand the weight of all our mess from every person, every time, and every place the weight of all of that focused on him on the cross. He was the only one that could handle that. That much evil would have destroyed anybody, but not Jesus. Yes, he died, but that act of love, that act of love was so pure that it had the power to destroy death itself. And, and we, we know that to be true because he's alive now. And, and we need that news. And the world around us needs that good news. But how do we get it? This, this is my fourth and final observation today. That God the Holy Spirit gives the gospel to us. Now, okay, we talk about the gifts, God, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? And there's so many of them, right? And, and, and uh, the classic text for this is, of course, um, 1 Corinthians 12. The body does not consist of one member, but of many, and so on and so forth. And, and, and the Holy Spirit gives to, to each as he wills. Uh, and, and we talk about all these different gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. And sometimes we get hung up on the, the, what, what we call like the sign gifts or the charismatic gifts. Um, healing, uh, a, a beautiful gift. It's, it's real. It's there. It's for today. Speaking in tongues, a beautiful gift. I believe it's real. I believe it's there. I believe it's for today. But, but listen... Chapter 14 is after, after the, 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 the famous passage on, on love. Faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Okay, so first of all, you can't, you want what, what, what the Holy Spirit wants to, was to give to you, but you're not going to be able to do very much with it without love. Okay, so that's, you got to have that. So pursue love, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Listen, listen. 
especially that you may prophesy. The, the one gift that's singled out here is prophecy. That's not future telling, that's truth telling in the Bible, by the way. Sometimes it, it, can, it can involve that, um, but most of the time prophe- prophesying is speaking on God's behalf the truth of the situation. Desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. No one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. This is a different kind of uh, tongues, by the way, than what we saw at Pentecost in our reading today. That's the gift of, um, was a miraculous gift of, of kind of being able to speak in all these different human languages. Paul, I think here is talking about, since no one else understands, kind of a different kind of thing where we're praying to God in these, in these words and syllables that, that uh, nobody really understands. On the other hand, right, no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. It's a beautiful thing. We love mysteries in the Spirit, okay? I want you all to speak in tongues. But on the other hand, the one who prophesies and speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation, the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. Okay, now... There are some gifts that not everybody gets, right? Like, we're not all teachers, we're not all administrators, all this kind of stuff. We don't all have exactly the same gifts from the Holy Spirit. But this is one that everybody gets. Prophecy. Everybody gets this from the Holy Spirit. Listen, Acts 2, 17. We already read it. I'm going to read it again, just for review. In the last days it shall be... Okay, okay, first of all, everybody thinks they're drunk. Crazy, right? Because they've been... They've been, this is why, I think some people think it's because they, they were speaking gibberish, but they weren't speaking gibberish, right? People understood what they were saying. The reason I think that they thought that they were drunk is because they've been celebrating. They've been having a good time. Even after people have been saying that their leader has been, has been crucified, has been killed. What's wrong with these people? They're celebrating. <laughs> What's wrong with them? Also, they're hanging out with like the tax collectors and the sinners and all that. They're having meals. They're, they're eating and drinking. That's, they're having a good time. That's why they think they're drunk. Okay. But Peter doesn't have any of that, right? Like he's like, no, guys, come on. It's nine in the morning. We're not drunk yet. Uh, this, this is it. This is what he says. This is it. This is happening. I want you to understand what is happening. Because everything God has promised is coming true. This is the outpouring of the gospel word. For every single person. Peter quotes the Old Testament prophet Joel. In the last days it shall be, God declares, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. All flesh. That's everybody. So this is a gift for everybody. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And even all my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy and I will show wonders in the heavens and signs on the earth below blood and fire and vapor and smoke and the sun shall return to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes the great and magnificent day and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved Peter is saying that's happening now that's happening now The gospel word is going out. It's for everybody. Everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I pray often 
for myself and for others to receive the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And he is always faithful to give it. This is the gift of prophecy. This is the gift of the comfort of the Holy Spirit is that he gives us the good news of the gospel. That is our comfort in every situation. God, the Holy Spirit, gives something to each of us and to all of us. He gives us the comfort of eternal life in the good news of Jesus Christ. And so the preaching of the gospel itself is the result of the pouring out of the Spirit. And guess what? If you've received that message, you can share that message. If you've received that gift, you can share that gift. Okay, what does this mean for you today? Well, it means you can know you are loved deeply and truly just as you are. Start there. You are loved. You can look forward. And I love saying this. You can look forward to not staying as you are. You're loved as you are, but you can look forward to not staying as you are. But rather being renewed to be as you should be. You know now that you always have a friend. You always have a friend, someone with you and for you. You know that whatever happens, you have this sure and certain hope of salvation because of what God has done in Jesus. And you won't forget it either because the Spirit will remind you of that gospel word. He'll remind you of that gospel word. He'll, he'll speak it to your heart whenever you come to Him. And He'll speak it to you audibly. I, I hope that's what's happening right now is that when we gather together as the church, we, we preach the gospel to each other. So if you believe that today, if you believe that today, receive it today. Don't, don't wait to believe this stuff and receive this stuff, this gospel word. Ask God, the Holy Spirit, to fill you with his promises, with his power, with his presence, and yes, with his prayers. Jesus said that he will uh, that, that he will send the Holy Spirit, right? That God will God will send the Holy Spirit. After he goes, he's gonna send the Holy Spirit. And you remember that passage that says if if uh, if we as human parents know how to get good gifts to our children, how much more Will God give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So have you asked? Have you asked to experience more of this? That's a bold thing to ask. <laughs> but trust me, God's going to deliver for you. If you ask, Lord, I, I need to know more that I'm loved by you. Lord, I, I need your Holy Spirit to remind me of the gospel. I need your Holy Spirit to renew me from the inside out. Ask him. Ask him for it. Ask Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I'm going there, right? Ask Jesus to, which just means, which just means to immerse you, right? Okay, I'm not, I'm not getting too weird. Just ask, ask Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. That you would be immersed in this truth of who God is and who you are. Don't delay on that. Do it today. Do it right now. He wants to speak through you and me to the world. 
the same message that he has given you today, this morning. It's, it's a message of comfort. It's a message of hope. And it's for everybody. It's a gift for every single person. That everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen.